Hey, y'all. Gaz Gavril from Azeroth Coast to Coast here. Uh, we all know that I love to do these dumb bits, but I figured, hey, 100 episodes, let's be normal for once in my life. Uh, today, I'm here with Neff, Kevin, and Chris, uh, and we also have a special guest with us today. Um, I wanted to turn off the stupid accents and dumb premises and just say thank you for being here with us on this voyage of 100 episodes so far, and that I honestly cannot wait for the next 100 episodes and, you know, just taking this adventure with y'all side by side. Um, we've had a lot of fun, a lot of yelling, and a lot of interaction with you all. And I speak for all of us when I say honestly and truly, thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. guys love it hey how are you hey. doing today wow yeah it was good i know that it was, was even fantastic. more cringy than i thought it was going to be uh, was everything, so I do is cringy. everything i do is cringy sir uh, <laughs> I, accept this fact. I accept this fact respect on it <sighs> respect i respect it hey folks uh, it is, of course me it is gavril it is episode 100 i am here with with miss neff I'm here with Mr. Chris. Hola. I am also here with uh, Mr. Kevin. Hello. Uh, today we have a wonderful, special, special guest with us today. Uh, his name is Carrie. You may know him as uh, Ivradir. Ivradar. 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 Uh, if you've heard us talking about uh, feedback from Carrie, <laughs> this is that Carrie. This is that Carrie. Uh, Mr. Carrie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself real quick? Uh, yeah. Um, I work as a QA analyst at Blizzard, and I like fighting games, and I also like to work out a lot. Fantastic. All wonderful things. Uh, we're that we will dig get into more in detail later. <laughs> yes, we will exactly be digging a little bit further into that as we go on. Um, so welcome to the episode 100 extravaganza. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Um, so Kevin, Chris, a uh, hundred episodes for you two ish and like 98 for me, I think. Give or take something like that at this point. Yeah. Cause I think it was episode two or three. I joined I think in every episode. He thinks he joined an episode earlier. <laughs> wow. What episode was it? Kevin? It was, I, I, I want to say it was about episode three. Maybe I'll look it up and we'll do trivia at the end of the show. <laughs> yes, because that's going to be so useful for us. Which um, episode did Chris and Kevin rage at each other? Um, so, yeah, no, uh, 100 episodes, guys. Um, did you two think that we were that you were going to make it this far when you were having that conversation at the fountain at uh, BlizzCon? No, there's been several times I thought the show was over, period. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> it's every episode for me. I end every episode going, oh, God, thank God it's over. I never have to come back. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, 
But yeah, so 100 episodes, guys, absolutely fantastic. Um, it's the three of us once again here, um, along with uh, a new part of our family, the newish part of our family, Ms. Neff. Um, it's uh, wonderful to be here with you all. Um, I just wanted to say that I really do appreciate the time that we all cut out every weekend to come and do this. And I honestly wouldn't uh, wouldn't change it for anything else. So uh, thank you all for being here with me today. Ooh. Yeah, uh, that's about the most sincere you're ever going to get me. So clip that now while you have the chance. You will never hear it again. Now. That's about as serious as I'm ever going to get in this show. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the uh, last two weeks. Uh, Chris, you put absolutely nothing in. Um, because the answer involves maybe w- one or two things. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and pass on you. Hey, Neff! <laughs> <laughs> What's up? What's um, up, Doc? Okay, so I've mostly been playing Final Fantasy, doing the main story quests and trying to catch up to everybody. Um, but I did log in and play a little bit of WoW. I've done the beginnings of the Nazjatar storyline, but I'm not as far as I want to be, and I'm going to play more of that. All right. That's fantastic. Uh, Kevin? Yes, I played a little bit of WoW as well. I That's did such, the, such a natural pickup to that throw, by the way. Well, you cut out, so this <laughs> I don't I guessed. Um I unlocked <laughs> essences and uh I did the opening part of that. Um also been playing a lot of Final Fantasy. I finally got through a Realm Reborn. Oh my god. And I Slacker. went up to Dallas last weekend and I played Heroes with Kaylee and Bijan, two of our friends, um, in a um, gaming cafe. And it was it was a very enjoyable experience to hear Ke- Kaylee yelling at people, yelling at nerds um, right next to me in real life. That was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. But That's um wonderful. <laughs> including yelling at people in the gaming cafe because they were playing Fortnite and being too loud. So, yeah. It was good times had by all. Um, <laughs> um, my two weeks have been pretty much Hearthstone. It's been Hearthstone. A lot of Hearthstone. No magic? Um, uh, I played some magic. I have been playing some with magic uh, with Chris. And I, I did play a little bit trying to, with the new patch that came out uh, and the the well, Magic the Gathering Battle Pass that's been introduced. That's where the edit's going to go. Fourth wall breaking bastard. <laughs> My immersion is ruined. You know how much <laughs> I love the meta commentary, Kevin. <laughs> I know. Um, so uh, a lot of magic, a lot of uh, uh, magic arena and a lot of uh, Hearthstone and uh, expect more tactical difficulties as the show goes on, folks. It can only get it can only go downhill from here. Carrie. Did you say tactical difficulties? No, I don't believe I said tactical difficulties, yeah, I Christopher. Think you did. I think you're both fucking deaf. <laughs> I can sit here and stare at the camera all day. <laughs> oh Let's my. move on. <laughs> Mr. Carey, our wonderful oh, guest hi. here today. Uh, what has your last two weeks been about? Uh, you know, it's, it's something we do on the show. 
Oh, um, my last two weeks. Basically, um, I'm finishing up the National Tower campaign today in 8.2. So that'll be nice. I'll be able to actually enter the raid on live uh, on Tuesday when it goes live. Um, I also very recently, because of uh, the FF7 remake hype, I've actually started a playthrough on the Steam version of Final Fantasy VII with the Seventh Heaven mods that kind of give it yes. a huge fidelity mm -hmm. bump and everything. Yeah. So the 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 mod suite on uh, Steam is actually really fantastic. It really is. I'm yeah. very impressed with how robust it is. Um, the uh, besides that, ah, shit. What was it? Um. You know what's really funny is that I can go downstairs and go find my old uh, PC ports because I actually have the old PC port on disk. Oh, from Eidos, wow. From Eidos Interactive. Jeez. Good God. Yeah, okay. back when Eidos still existed. <laughs> oh, God. They're uh, yeah. Crystal Dynamics now, I think? Yeah. I believe it's Crystal Dynamics now, yeah. Oh, God, God. We're, just, we're, we're dating ourselves, sir. Yeah, I mean, I've been at this for a little while now, so it's yep. okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and do listener feedback real quick. And then we are going to jump in, uh, talk to you a little bit, Mr. Carey. Uh, if anybody has any objections to that ordering, now is the time to speak up. No one has any objections. All right, fantastic. Hey, Neff. Hey, Gaff. What's in the feedback? All right, so in Gmail, we got a message from Davin, I hope I'm saying your name right, uh, that says, there has been a lot of talk about squishing levels in WoW in order to lessen a perceived barrier of entry for new players and also improve the leveling experience by hopefully giving players something of value each level up. Now, the problems are players not wanting to lose levels because there's some emotional value to them. Also, if the levels are just squished, the problem will just return later on down the road. So his suggestion is to treat this similar to how professions were squished. For example, a current level 120 player in 9.0 will be squished down to level 60, but they would be max level for each individual expansion. What this max level is could vary. It could just be the original 10 or 5 levels. The expansion levels would give you combat benefits in those expansion zones, dungeons, and raids. Being max level in an expansion could then grant a fluff ability, for example, Monk's Zen Flight. This would take some designing as these abilities would need to be interesting, but not required. They could also be transmog rewards. However, this would probably require a lot of art with how many expansions there have been. I think they could make the max level for each expansion require playing through all that expansion story. They could maybe even fix patch content to not appear until you are through the launch zones, so to make it clearer for new players. So the downside of this is eye level is probably a problem. So all the expansions could be flattened out, so they are all tuned around having initial level 60 gear, but the problem comes in future expansions. Let's say end of vanilla leveling gives eye level 60 gear and is good enough to start 9.0, but then end game 9.0 is at eye level 300, for example. Um, and then it says, I suppose 10.0 could start off by giving you a full set of 300 eye level gear, question mark, and that's where he ended. All right, all right, motherfuckers. Mm. We gotta unpack this shit because this is actually something a I good mean, piece of conversation interesting. here. There's a really easy way to unpack this, and I feel mm, they're essentially asking for the same way Final Fantasy does their leveling. Um, no. Uh, no. Um, what this looks like is actually it looks a lot like. So it's kind of a weird combination. So we talked last week, uh, two weeks ago, about how 
the system itself is broken at a fundamental level because it is a legacy system. It's based on old tabletop RPG XP mechanics and things like that. So what they're saying here is, it makes sense. I, I What they're saying here, uh, what Davin is saying here definitely makes a lot of sense to me. It's like, rather than have just this one expanse, and this also kind of attacks the story thing that Kevin was talking about, how you don't actually experience the story of the game anymore. You just kind of blast through the levels. So what they're saying, what Devin is saying here is that break it down into discrete chunks that are individual, which sounds a lot like how Destiny is getting ready to change how their system works, where it's an a la carte system, where you get what you want. And I think that, not specifically what Devin is saying here, but I think that would be a really good way to change up things, where it's rather than an uninterrupted story, you do get to experience what story you want. In addition I mean, to I, being discrete for each expansion. The, the part that I think is interesting is kind of like hitting a cap at the end of each expansion. Because I know that some people like, um, they like turn off EXP so that they can do like old raids at level. Mm -hmm. Which I think it kind of opens it up to be able to do that, which would be fun. Um, but I, you know, I disagree with this whole, let's give them crazy abilities that you would only be able to use in that expansion and things like that. I mean, it's not uh, the first time we've had that. I mean, Warlords no. of Draenor, every single zone had a special thing that you had. I think his cat just annoyed him again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think, I think that, I, I think honestly that this is not a bad idea. Discrete leveling and having each expansion mm -hmm be its own leveling system wouldn't be bad. I think it would be enough of a change from how the system is currently set up that I think it would honestly be interesting. I think it would be definitely be interesting. And now the problem at the same time is, um, uh, the problem at the same time is that you're still going to run into the same bloat issues. Mm -hmm. uh, of, I your eye level expanding and your levels expanding eventually. Ah, uh, okay. So Carrie just messaged me. He had a power flicker. He's coming back as fast as he can. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the part it says uh, the part where they mentioned that um, uh, that you could lock the patch content until you've experienced the launch zones and then you're filtered through the patch content. I like that. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, don't railroad us," but a little bit of railroading isn't a bad thing. It gives you a, at least a good AEB. You know what Explain I mean? Explain what railroading means. Railroading is essentially where you are told, okay, do this, 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 and this, and this to the and get to the, this point. It's where there's okay, no. So, like, you're you guided. Follow ABC. You go yeah. ABC rather than A, D, G, B, T. Yeah. Because now it's just kind of open. You just do whatever the hell you want to do. A little bit of railroading isn't a bad thing. Well, we've had that before. We mm -hmm. had that in Warlords. You had to complete Tanan Jungle before you could get into the game. Yeah. Hey, Carrie's back. I'm not moving you all around. You're all, you, oh, you're fine. It fixes itself. Nice. Oh. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think I, 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 I don't. We, we experienced that in Warlords where you had you had the required go through Tanan Jungle and then go to your starting zone for your faction 
and you can't really do anything else until you complete the stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't think that was a bad way to do it. Yeah. I know a lot right. of people hated going through Tanan Jungle that first time, but I didn't mind it because it did give me a very clear idea of where the story was going, what was happening, and what I needed to know specifically about uh, what I needed to know specifically about the uh, new expansion. And in fairness, they've, they've continued that with the Broken Shore, and then with the Stormwind. Uh, not Stormwind. The um, oh my god, was the Undercity scenario for Battle for Azeroth. Uh, so mm-hmm. they've continued that on, but they have added the ability to skip it on alts, which is a good thing. Yeah, which is good. Um, I just I think my main concern is that they've dialed back the extreme level they went to in uh warlords i think i think they could go harder i think they could go harder walk you hand hand in hand through the first zone and then let you free mm-hmm. yeah and this this ties into some of the discussion points we had on discord as well i know woolly ram brought up like that you have to go through a new game and then you can do like an open world game in um diablo 3 like they force you through story mode the first time you play it, and then the second time through, you can do like an open adventure, or adventure mode. Yeah, which is like do whatever the hell you want to do. I really like that idea if they could bring that to WoW, just so that they do kind of guide you through a story first, so that you kind of know what's going on, and then once you do that and you have an alt, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I, th- I think for story's sake, the idea that Davin's given us here is fantastic. The leveling, mm. the leveling aspect of it, I, I agree. I do agree. I think, I think discrete levels, discrete expansion brackets mm-hmm. would be good. Of course, with the option to skip through, you know, hand-holding content uh, on your alts. I think that would be fantastic. Of course, that doesn't, it, it doesn't solve a lot of the problems that we've talked about but in the past. But I think it would be an interesting departure um, I can already hear people screaming in the background, though. <laughs> it, when do people wild. not scream in the background? I was going to say it's, it's the internet. I was, I was going to say... No, no, it's not are, just wow, it's the internet. People are going to scream in I the background no matter what happens, so... That's fair. Uh, Carrie, you were saying? It, it's just the internet in general. I was just going to co-sign that, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's people in general. It's, 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 it's the echo chamber. Doesn't matter what you do. Um, so, um, Davin, uh, this is definitely something that I would like to probably talk a little bit more about, uh, on probably the next show. Um, but it's definitely really interesting, uh, what you're, what, what, like the kind of thing you're proposing here. Cause yes, it is something that other games have tried before where it's like the discrete stuff. Um, isn't, uh, was it Guild Wars like that? I don't know. I want to say Guild Wars was like that, but I can't remember. It's been a long time since I played Guild Wars and I never played Guild Wars 2, so. Um, Guild Wars 2 is not like that. No, I, it's been a long while. But suffice it to say, thank you so much for the feedback. Um, it's definitely something that I think that we can chew over um, later and go a little bit more in-depth, like yeah. sort of alternative methods for leveling and how you experience content. I think it's definitely something that we have on the table uh, for another show, so. Um, definitely excited to talk about that at some point. Um, Chris, you're the one who does polls, right? Yes. Go ahead and talk about your goddamn poll. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking Jesus. of the leveling squish, we did a Twitter poll. 
uh, asking you what your thoughts are and if you wanted a level switch. 89% of you said, yes, take me back to level 60. 11% said, no, take me to 130. Now, I'm going to be a dick and just back. What was the uh, interaction on it? What? You're going to be a dick? I'm shocked. I know. Uh, what, what, was our, what was our sample size for that? 10. 10? Hey, <laughs> 10. Hey, that's 9 out of... Hey, wait, wait a second. 10? 10, and 10. it was 89 and 11. I'm gonna double check. I think it was ten. That, that that's not how maths works, Chris. <laughs> that's literally not how math works. He's like, oh no, sorry, it was ten thousand. No, no, it, it was nine. It was nine. Okay, okay. I was, <laughs> that math that makes math's a lot better. Sense. That <laughs> math's better. <laughs> that makes more sense. I read it wrong. I'm math's better. It's okay. okay. I would love to hear from that one person, from the one person that we had that said, take me to 130. I would love to hear from them. <laughs> Crash and Twitch is saying that one of the poll respondents was multiboxing. Um, <laughs> was it five shamans in All Track Valley? Oh, that's oh no. Yeah, I remember those days. Kill me now. Um, but thank you for everyone who did uh, respond to the poll. Um, and I would love to hear that one. I would love to hear the one person because it's like I always love to hear the underdog opinion. Um, so if you were that one person, give us a holler. Tell us why you want to go to 130. Because um, I would love to hear from it. All right. Uh, bu -bu 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 uh, Kevin, you want to go through the Discord stuff? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, yes Ram. all the yeses. Wooly Ram, first of all, gave you an A on your nihilistic Valley Girl impression. Like, I don't need his validation. Okay. <laughs> um, he says that Dauntless is to Monster Hunter as an unbranded hazelnut and cocoa spread is to Nutella. That's fair. That, I, I like that analogy. Yeah, uh, it's, to it's an analogy. To those, of the sh to those on the show who play WoW, do you still care about seasonal events? Yes, you for uh, Okay, so it depends on if there's new stuff added. If there's new stuff added, then yes, I tend to pay a bit more attention to it. If it's nothing has been added to it, then meh. I'm the exact same. I will, I will, if, and I'm not, I'm not meaning like a new toy or a new mount or something. Well, if it's a mount, I'll do it. If it's a new toy or, or a new transmog, I, of course I, don't you would. Really, I don't really care. Um, but if it's like, redesigning Brewfest, something like that. Yeah, I will play the fuck out of that, but the rest, I'm, I did them all back in Wrath of the Lich King three times to get what a long strange trip has been. I'm, I'm okay. Back when you had to do it on every character. Yup. Yup. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh, ugh. Kevin. Alright, next. We say, um, to those, oh, that's an, a note to the editor, which I'll skip. To um, whoever edits the episode, please clip <laughs> Gavril's maniacal laughter. Gavril should clip himself. <laughs> <with> my... <laughs> so Sorry. creepy every time. You're supposed to move but away from the mic. It's a really good sort of way. <laughs> it is a very <laughs> good maniacal <laughs> laugh. It, it is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Are you done what yet? What else is going on? What else is going on? Are you done oh, yet? Yeah, keep going. Um, about the level squish, he's apathetic, but Taliesin suggested that squish might come with a cataclysm-like revamp to the world. I don't think we need that. I don't think opinion. that would happen. 
I, I, I think we could. I think we could see that in another expansion or two. Give them some time to give us a warlord style, low effort. And I, I, that sounds so horrible to say, but Warlords was a relatively short expansion with a relatively few patch cycles in it. Give them an opportunity to build up into a Cataclysm style thing, um, which is hilarious because what was it? Wrath into Cata, and Wrath was jam packed with shit. Yep. But so do we even need it? I don't think we really. Uh, no, no. Actually, I do think we need a a a massive revamp of systems. I think we do. We've talked about this. No, before. no. I'm talking about the world because that when I when I when I hear someone say cataclysm like revamp, I think the world. I what I want to see is some goddamn caverns of time NPCs, some bronze Drake NPCs willing to take me back to the old zones. That's all I, I want. Mean, that's what classics for. Maybe yeah. it should just be like a fourth wall breaking thing where you know someone from Blizzard just comes and steals your levels from you, and <laughs> <laughs> now you're level sixty. Well, here's the funny thing: earlier in the chat channel, uh, when we're talking about the leveling thing, Aaron said something like, um, "Just make the make the um, there is switch to D and D milestone leveling system and have GMs decide when you level up." <laughs> no oh my god no <laughs> I, I already know the gms are already busy enough as it is dealing with yeah. my dumbass tickets so you must go before the tribunal and they will decide we All right. will decide your fate okay um on a larger scale sephiroth was vehemently opposed to placing rewards in unassociated content i.e placing pve essences in battlegrounds I would like to raise the question, what is better for WoW? Self-segregated and unassociated systems or having various systems affect each other? This is not a question or preference. I'm truly curious what uh, you think would be better for the game. Now, this is, this is honestly a conversation that I had with Wooly in Discord. Um, and honestly, I personally think, and I'm sorry to just railroad in there, but that's, that's what Gav does. Um, Honestly, I personally think that the the system has gone on so long, you're not going to be able to integrate the systems without a lot of pain and a lot of uh, gnashing of teeth from the community. I don't and think there's a way to safely do it right now. So Sephiroth did respond to this, so maybe we should go through this as well. So... Um... He said that he understands wanting to get people to experience different content, and he's 100% okay with them doing that. But as far as I know, and speaking as uh, Seth here, to get the higher tier of essence, you have to do the same thing, but harder. So if you want your best essence in PvP, um, as oh, so a raider, you need to do... Essence. Yeah. So if your best essence is the PvP one... As a raider, you would do a normal battleground and a rated battleground. If you don't like PvP, uh, it's just going to cause some serious resentments. Um, now, if they yeah. gave you the option of getting the base essence from PvP, but the higher tier, uh, higher tier ones you can get by upgrading the original from whatever means you want, then he would be okay with that. I would make you dabble in something you might otherwise not care about, but it doesn't force you to participate in something that you don't like too much. So I think what he's saying here is like, you shouldn't have to like skip around or like with one thing, like 
maybe you have to do a raid to get one essence tier and then the next higher tier you have to do pvp and then the next one's from a raid it's i think what he's saying is he would not be okay with that but doing the same thing but harder would be fine yeah i mean i understand i understand what's where seth where seth's going there um i agree on a on a moderate level i agree i think i definitely agree um Nath, Chris, Gary. I don't like the idea of being forced into do content I don't want to play. Uh, that happened back during Mr. Pandaria with the legendary chain. You had to do battlegrounds to unlock parts of the cloak. But if it's if I don't have to do like the hard high end version, I'm okay with it. I agree with his logic that if it makes you dabble, that's not a problem. If it forces you into trying to grind shit out in content you don't enjoy that's a problem yeah and i agree with that i don't mind having to do okay i have to do the odd battleground fine but i have to do rated battlegrounds no speaking as a player i just i i i'd actually probably uh agree with that sort of sentiment i think it's okay to have to dabble in certain things that you don't normally do like i honestly just my opinion. I would love to see one come from pet paddling. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, you're one of those players. Okay. <laughs> I do a lot of other high-end content, but I also enjoy a lot of the other systems that we have in the game too. So, okay. I think we got a nice diverse. Uh, uh, Kevin, did you have a did you have a weigh in on that yourself? I mean, I was thinking about like how I would dabble in fishing because they have cool rewards or something like that. So it's like. Yeah, depending on the rewards and depending on what you're getting out of it, it does kind of get me to do other content. So I think it's it's not a bad idea. Um, but if you know, if I have to like do PvP one tier and then the next tier higher is like I have to fish a hundred fish or something like that, then I'm, that would piss people off. So you want so so what what the the general consensus I'm getting here is that they that and, and and it seems like Seth is also on this as well. Um, you have a track that you follow. You might get the essence from something that's non-standard that might not be specifically related to it, but as you grow through it because of the purpose that the essence has, you will continue on the track where it's intended for. So you, mm -hmm. pay, you might pick up a PvP essence from an R, uh, from a LFR boss, and but then it would take you through PvP actions to increase it or make it better does that sound about right i think no, it would be okay with that i'll have to be a single track like you know doing the normal battleground then doing the rated battleground to improve it but, or to upgrade but then it. We're, we're just we've literally just talked about how that's a problem because the whole point is that if your best one that you would for example mm. the best one for a druid say i get it from uh normal battlegrounds it drops and i get it but I'm a raider, but it's my best one as a raider. Do I have to now do raided battlegrounds to increase it, even though I'm a raider and don't want a PvP? But mathematically, it's my best one. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I think what would be better in that case is the raiding ones would come from raiding. Um, Carrie, you look like you had something to say there. Uh, just as far as the reward tracks go, that's uh, that's actually almost exactly how Guild Wars 2's reward structure is set up. They have a reward track that's completely linear and how they give you a certain reward. Now, granted, 
it's not a good subject of parody because their their rewards are completely cosmetic. Yeah, they they have a flat structure versus the vertical structure that WoW has. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But but that, that, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I don't know, just I was just gonna say like doing it as far as that like kind of delineating it and blowing open the sandbox. Hey, you can go to that jungle gym if you want to go ahead and do this and still get rewarded for that. I think there's place for uh, I think there's places in the game for that still. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that the only way that you're going to ultimately make everyone happy is to decouple these in-game items. I think the only way to make everyone happy, just period, is to decouple these in-game item progressions from specific activities and allow it to be every activity gives a flat percentage towards completion. Uh, it, It sucks because it's just another bar filling game. And people sure do love filling those progress bars, don't they? Or but, currency. Yeah, but currency well, too. Currency too could also be an option. But they need if they really wanted to do this, they need to agnosticize the whole system. So your essences, you get the essence. The essence is a random drop from any activity. You get it's random percentage chance from any activity, and every activity you complete, regardless if it's a rated battleground, if it's a mythic dungeon, if it's a mythic raid, if it's an LFR, if it's fishing dailies, gives you a certain percentage towards completion for that. I think that's the only way to truly make people happy because then it's it's a completely agnostic system. You want to go fish for an hour to finish it up? Knock yourself out. You want to go do RBGs? You do that. You want to go run mythic pluses? You go do that. Every all roads lead to the same, the same yeah. city at the end of the day is the only way to really do it. Yeah, I think they're getting closer to that with what they did with Benthic gear in Nashatar because you can do a bunch of different stuff to get the, the mana pearls and then use the mana pearls to upgrade the gear, right? You don't have to do a specific thing. You just have which to is, find the rewards and do it. Which is good because a system like that is something a lot of people have been asking for. It's something that you can do whatever you want to do and get rewarded. Mm-hmm. Plus, the, the reintroduction of the old Valor gear upgrade system is another really good thing that everyone's been asking for. Yep. I'm, I'm, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement with this. Yes, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Very much right. so. I am, I'm totally okay with we're this. We're agreeing with things. What's happening? Yeah, I know, it's weird. Um, Kevin! Yes. You fucking mm-hmm. love to do this. Yes, uh, so we have shout-outs uh, for specific countries that listen to the show in order of how many listeners we got from each of these countries. The top country was the U.S., then Canada, then U.S., then Denmark, then Germany. So the U.S. US twice? twice? Oh, sorry, U.K., and then Denmark, and then Germany. Um, wonderful. Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for being here for 100 shows. Um, let's let's oh. take a quick minute. If anybody has anybody, they do want to top go- five all time too. Whatever. Uh, so I'm gonna go down the list real quick. If anybody's gonna shout out, uh, this is your. Spe- this is the one time we're gonna allow you all to shout out somebody else. Um, so take it while you fucking can. Kevin, do you got anybody you would like to shout out or anything that you'd like to shout out while we're doing yes, it? Yes, I'm going to shout out the top five countries that have listened to the show uh, of all shows. Why did I pick him first? Because you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, That's a fast fucking okay. idiot. US, UK, Canada, Australia, and Sweden has snuck into Ooh, the top the Swedes. five. Hi, Swedes. 
They don't it, listen it, to the show. I think Kim too listens, actually. Um, I Kim too. Neff, do you have anything or anyone you'd like to shout out for episode 100? Okay, shout out to Strawberry. Thank you for fixing my computer. Give me my other damn hard drive back. <laughs> um, Christopher. Shout out, Mine's sir. is selfish. Go ahead. But it's kind of not at the same time. Um, what Classic launches in the end of August? I'm going to be doing a charity event on the week it launches on the stream. Hey! Yeah. Any, oh, cool. any, tips awesome. that, any tips that come through the tip button at the bottom of the stream channel will go to Make-A-Wish UK for the entire week. So, cool. fucking donate. Don't make me fucking tell you again. <laughs> so assertive. I know, right? For people who are, uh, for the dates, it'll be August 26th through to the 1st of October. Well, September. Is it going to be like a 24-hour stream? I mean, I'm going to be streaming from the Monday to the Sunday, not 24 hours, but every day there will be a stream Mm. for a good chunk of time because I've got that week off. 24-hour stream. Please hydrate and leave your chair every few hours. I have stay yeah. hydrated, but in my chat channel, it will tell me to stay hydrated. There you go. I, I noticed it in the channel. Um, Mr. Carey, do you have any sort of like specific shout outs, uh, like a Twitch channel or someone that you want to give a shout out to? Um, you know, actually, I'm going to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Renee. Um, Death Hope Smart on man. Twitter. Uh, because she's awesome and super supportive. And I appreciate everything that she does for me and for the community. Um, as well as uh, Blizzard for allowing me to be here. So yes. um, thank you, thank Blizzard. You guys. Much appreciated to Ron and Scooty and David Quick and Jennifer and Drew. You guys are awesome. Thank you for letting me do this. And to you guys for inviting me in general. Finger guns. Um, yeah. Finger guns. Oh my Finger God. Guns. <laughs> I can do this all day. That's oh the terrifying God. part. Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, uh, shout out to Carrie for coming onto the show and also to piggyback on that shout out to Blizzard for letting Carrie come on the show and talk to us today. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that QA doesn't do a lot of interviews. Uh, not traditionally, no. Um, a lot of the time you'll see the people who are kind of out in the public eye, like Ian or... Um, Sometimes you'll see producers development that'll actually do the interviews. Jeremy Fiesel, um, but QA not traditionally asked very often. So it was a really awesome uh, sort of segue into be like, okay, maybe I could be the gateway for this. Maybe we could actually have more contact with that side of the company. So. And I mean, I think we definitely would love to see more from the QA side of things, a hundred percent. Because and uh, and a lot of people just tend to forget QA until something breaks. Something breaks, and, and they're like, fucking yeah, QA. <laughs> Yep. Goddamn QA didn't do their job. And it's like, no, I mean, they probably did their job. You just found some weird edge case that they may not have been able to test because they only have a certain number of people versus the tens of thousands of people brute forcing into this thing at once. The nice thing is there's a very large breadth of players and as far as player types, skill levels, backgrounds. So you'll you'll see a lot of people who will touch certain bits of content and mm-hmm. like on live i mean and like i myself i do a lot of mythic plus i do a lot of um pet battling i do a lot of mount collecting so 
fringe things that I see that happen in like the world being exploratory. When I see those, I'm just like, well, I got to note that. <laughs> gotta send that one through the Slack channel or whatever it is we use here. <laughs> gotta send that up to somebody. Um, but yeah, no, it's like that's that's the fantastic thing. It's that a lot of people don't seem to realize that they're regular people and regular players. You all are regular players for the most part. You have a specific thing that you're looking for most of the time, but just there's there's a certain number of you. There's only so much you can possibly do in a day. So the fact of the matter is, is that when you suddenly start throwing thousands and thousands and thousands of man hours into something, for when the players get this live, there's inevitably going to be a problem. And it's just, there's only so much a person can do. And I did want to say thank you for, uh, I, I mean, over the years, Blizzard has traditionally, in my experience, been very responsive with their QA as time has gone on. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw a massive game-breaking bug. So I, I did want to say thank you to you all because QA is an important part of develop of the development cycle, and I think it's a de department that doesn't get enough love some days. So Although thank you I so much. I will no, say whenever, it on. whenever there is a massive game breaking bug, it does give amazing shenanigans. Um, it, it is amazing shenanigans, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zogrub, <laughs> that ZG, was the best yeah. one. Yeah, the uh, the the plague. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. The plague. The plague. Everybody knows about that one. <laughs> Everybody oh, knows the plague. When Baron Geddon first came out and Hunter Pets could get it, and then you unsummoned the, the yeah. pet and yep. you took it to the Iron Forge auction house. I don't know yeah. anybody who did that. It was it was wonderful. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, like I said, thank you so much uh for doing your work in QA and thank you so much for uh being here with us today. Um we're gonna talk a little bit about the news real fast. We're gonna have a quick discussion about that, and then we're gonna jump straight into you. All right. Jump straight into me. Ooh, jump oh straight God. into you. This is wow. this is a weird I'm pretty like, huge, but phrasing. this is uh this is very much a sort of like weeb shit thing where we're just gonna become one person. So just, I like just it. Went, uh, it's just, just giving you a heads up there. You hey, Chris. The fusion dance is required for this. Hey, Chris. Okay, let's see. We're going to start off with some WoW news. Uh, there was some hot fixes that went live on the 3rd of July. Speak uh, of the devil and he shall appear. What? <laughs> QA is usually what leads to hot fixes. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, <laughs> um, there's uh, quite a few lists that went through uh, let's see with anything really standing out uh, some wow it's change. like we didn't prep for the show no, at all it's... I mean you can read the patch notes it tells you hey, what's I'm patch notes are out, skimming assholes. through to see if there's anything that's really stood out oh the one thing I that I do like uh, here because I, I play with war mode on pretty much exclusively um, the They've they've changed how the PvP event works, so okay. uh, it will um, now ensure that there is a fair mix of Horde and Alliance. If I remember, if I, if I read it correctly, oh, so okay. it's not going to go live if there is like a giant Horde, but like <laughs> no Alliance and vice versa. I like that. That's a good thing because that was so boring when it was just Horde, just winning every, all the time. Uh, all right, yeah. keep on going. Let's keep on cracking. What we got next? Uh, oh, this one, another controversial one, but I'm happy because I got it. 
If you currently have or uh, set up a six month subscription, uh, you will receive a new mount. Uh, the mount is the Sil—is that Silvarin? Pronouncing that right? Sure. Sure. Silvarin Dreamer. It is an awesome dragon mount. It I is really it. pretty looking. It's really freaking pretty. Um, if you don't want to set up a six month subscription, you can purchase it on the store as an individual item. Uh, subscription and the mount bundle will only be valid through July 29th. Um, so make sure you either have your uh, six month sub set before then mm -hmm. or within that period. I already, I've had a six month sub running since February, so I already got it. So yay. I think it's nice that they just added it to the shop this time so that like look you can just buy it no controversy <laughs> yeah but there's always controversy around shop mounts kevin that's mm -hmm. just a thing that happens regardless doesn't doesn't wow. matter yep. yeah <laughs> uh and the last thing mr christopher uh the new oh there's a new comic out it's the it's a Mechagon comic giving us, uh, I believe, the story of Mechagon out with what we've, we already learned from uh, the introduction. Highly suggest you guys read the comic. If you, it is on my list. So good, so good. Okay, uh, care. Read that? the comic before or after doing the in-game storyline. Doesn't matter. Mm. Okay, cool. It's probably just it's it's probably just deep dive information. Yeah, if you want to know more, then basically... No, but he knows it. how I am about spoilers, so that's why I'm asking. He said a okay. boot. A boot. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Very quickly, the art in this, in this comic, beautiful. I'm skimming through it. It's oh, so nice. Um, I am going to go over a couple of things uh, real quick, just to mention this. Uh... No news, it looks like for Diablo's Heroes of the Storm Dead game, Overwatch or StarCraft, that <laughs> is enough for us to really talk about at the moment or talk about from our experience level. So uh, flame us in the comments, please. Hearthstone, though. Hearthstone. This guy right here loves him some card games. Back in um, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I was just going to mention that uh, there are a couple of small things that have come up. Uh, Saviors of Uldum, which is the new expansion, will be launching August 6th. There is currently a 80 packs card back, golden legendary, and a hero available for $80 for the pre-order. Um, there is also a, I think the Toki's Time Bundle is still available in the Blizzard store, uh, which is 10, I think it's either 6 or 10 packs of the, of the wild only uh cards and also the some changes just went live a bunch of cards got hall of famed a couple of cards got hall of famed and uh there were also some nerfs that happened with the cards a um, bunch of new cards have come are the new cards out yet i don't remember or not i think they are um some new cards have come out to replace them and also i'm not really going to talk about it because no one really gives a shit but they did do uh some art changes to a bunch of Hearthstone cards that were possibly a little borderline, just kind of cheesecakey fan servicey, sort of like blood and guts and tits. So I'm of two minds of it. I really don't mind. But uh, if Did you Jana got cleavage covered up, uh, that was a while ago. So that was like February. Oh, okay. Yeah, they put a they put a camisole on Jaina uh, back in February. Um, but they changed uh, the. 
the succubus card is now um uh it's now a fellstalker so it's functionally the same card it's just no longer a succubus it is now a fellstalker why um I, it, again, a lot of the cards are very fan servicey, blood and guts and gore kind of stuff. So tits. So they they does they dial those that, back. Does that mean that they're going to change the succubus and wow because tits? No, probably not. But remember, Hearthstone is a card game for children, sir. Says the man who plays it. Hearthstone is rated E for everyone. World of Warcraft yeah. is rated T for teen. Okay, that's exactly fair correct. Enough. Fair so, enough. Um, because you can it take your clothes off. Yeah, I learned. Um, so, I didn't know about the Hearthstone. That's fair. Yeah, uh, Hearthstone is, is is an all ages game technically. So they probably decided to dial it down. I'm assuming it was probably Peggy that went after them. If I had to take a wild stab at it, or they were probably trying to do something before Peggy got a chance to get to him. If I had to guess, that's I usually think, my guess. I thought it was Chris that gave Wow its teen rating because he was naked uh, dancing on mailboxes. You know what? Mock me all you want. I paid for my mount at level sexter. Yeah, he's not lying. That's how some people did pay for their mounts back then. I'm Guilty. sorry. Are you serious? You actually oh, yeah. did that? Oh, I, I was. I was, was a night elf hunter. Oh, love. I sat. I stripped that character down. Paid, danced on a mailbox. And got money. Oh he's not my lying. god, that that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, I'm of two minds of it. Uh, they did change a lot of the cards around, but you know what? At the same time, I understand that it you you have to go for the rating that you that you have for the game, unless you want to all of a sudden get it jumped up. So um, I understand it had to happen. Uh, let's see. We got some Activist stuff going on. Uh, who wants to cover that? Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Uh, the first one is the first one is um, ex Blizzard CEO. Is it CEO or President Mike Morheim? Former. Both. Fuck if I know. Just okay. say Mike Morheim. Just Mike, say Mike Morheim. Morheim. Everyone know knows who Mike Morheim is. Yeah. Everyone who listens um, to the show probably does. Yeah. So he, there was an interview uh, during a conference. Uh, this is a few weeks ago at this point, but. Um, one of the things that he was quoted to say was that he's gone back a few years and checked the now, map now on it. Now, quoted from who? From, this is a quote from Mike Morheim. From whom? You have to attribute the quote to whoever gave What's the quote. I said this is a Eurogamer article. Okay, from a, I didn't hear you say Eurogamer, so I just, wanted, I, I just wanted to make sure. Yes, this was reported on from Eurogamer. And there was a conference a while back in Barcelona, um, the Game Labs conference. Is anyone familiar with that? No, no, honestly not. Okay. Well, the quote that that I'm trying to get to was that he said he's gone back a few years and checked the math on it, and it's pretty consistent. It's like half the titles we work on um, never made it. So basically, saying that about half the projects that they make get shelved or never come out. Um, as opposed to what you actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, if you read the article, it does mention some specific unreleased uh, titles that we are not supposed to talk to with Carrie on the show. So, um, are we shocked about that though? I mean, that's it's it's that. I mean, that's it's a lot. Pretty fifty percent's not bad. 
It sounds yeah. high to me. <laughs> that not. is game development. That's game development. I was going to say it's not that high. It's it, it. Blizzard does a small number of titles every year, so it seems bigger than it really is. But most companies, most devs really do just they have yeah. a lot of projects they cancel because it might not get off of the development stage. It might not be technically feasible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know what the industry average is, but I, I work in uh, the software development area as well, different industry. But if we threw away half of what we developed, I mean, that, like, well, I don't think we would be in business very long. Well, Kevin, you also have to remember that when you're doing game development, it's just assets. And those assets can be used elsewhere, like the, the like Overwatch, Overwatch rising, <laughs> Overwatch rising from the ashes of the of Project Titan. Uh, they assets they reused a lot of the assets and built off from there. So you can't look at a company scrapping a game like some of the stuff that they've announced in the past and, and done and go, well, that's complete loss of everything. No, it's not. It's it's. It, they still have every bit of data and every bit of asset that they built or developed for the game. So it gives them an option to cannibalize and start anew. Hmm. I mean, perfect example, Heroes of the Storm came from StarCraft 2. They literally used that engine and designed the characters around it. Yep. They built, they built assets within an engine that already exists. So it wasn't like they completely threw it away. They still were able to use some well, that, of that and reuse well, some of that code. Well, like I said, Titan specifically, they were able to, they, they scrapped the project. Uh, from what, what we know as public information, they scrapped the project and then they readjusted the teams and they built up from that point and utilizing some of the assets that they had already developed for Titan. So um, I, I'm not going to ask... I'm not going to ask our guest to weigh in on this at all. I'm going to, you know, just kind of keep him out of that. But I think that that's one of those things where this happens in game development a lot. And it's Doesn't not a great either. it's not a great thing, but it's not a bad thing either. It just happens. It's and, and Mal over in Twitch chat is specifically mentioned. I I mean just as a writer, there are heaps of stuff that doesn't make it past proof or concept. That's exactly correct. It, games development is a lot more of an artistic thing and with an artistic thing you have the option to take what you've done scrap it and build on it just saying okay um let's move on uh the the next article is about uh auctioning off warcraft movie gear um so did it, i'm assuming everyone saw the warcraft movie no you yes. didn't? I did. I'm just being okay. a dick. Yeah. I did. I'm just being, being a, a dick. dick. Oh, see, oh, there he is. So cool. Uh, Chinese language? Yep, Chinese language Correct. poster. Uh, Carrie's holding up a Chinese language poster from the Warcraft movie right now. Okay. If you're, it's for, for the benefit of our podcast listeners. Right. So they're auctioning off a shit ton of stuff that was in the movie or used in the making of the movie. I looked it up. It's around 500 pieces. Um, and several of them are really nice. Uh, they have like, you know, swords and shields and stuff that they used in the movie. They have, uh, banners and, armor. Um, so armor, much armor, poster or not posters, but like artwork that was hanging on the wall, I guess. And some scenes, um, some really, really cool stuff. 
if you've got the uh, disposable income for that kind of stuff. I sure as fuck don't. Hey, Kevin, how long does that go for? Um, that runs until July 12th at 5 p.m. Uh, so Pacific. If the show goes up today, which is 7-6 or 6-7, depending on which side of the continent that you're on, um, uh, that, that's going to be up for another six days or so. So if you have disposable income and you love the I Warcraft will say movie. I looked at it and there there is stuff that is in all price ranges. Mm-hmm. I'll see. There you go. Yeah. There was one of the halberds that came up for auction and I was just like, I don't know if I want to, but it's affordable currently. <laughs> it's in my range. <laughs> it's in my price range. Do I need a halberd though? The, the only thing with <laughs> weapons though I mean, is like who doesn't need a halberd? How are you going to transport that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're right, but it's Carefully. a halberd. I mean, at the same time, it's like what happens when your feudal lord raises his levies and you have to go to war? You need your halberd. Exactly. <laughs> I the mean, it's are coming. It, exactly. God, I mean, we need to be prepped for that. Um, Let's go on to uh, Kevin's big thing for the last like two goddamn weeks. Two weeks? It's I think it's been a little bit longer than that. But um, so the pride emotes that you got through Twitch are now permanently available in your account. So um, when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, there was probably about fourteen hundred signatures on a change.org petition that this guy, um, Parker Hadley, put up um, on change.org. And uh, we were talking about it in chat, and a lot of people like to use the new emotes, and they were like, it sucks that these aren't going to be able to be used after the end of June, uh, when Pride Month's over. And so I reached out to this guy who had the um, petition going, and I, and I asked him, like, what's your plan with this? Are you actually going to do anything about it? And he was like, no, you know, it's not really gaining traction. There's not really people like signing up for it. And I thought that Twitch would just see that a bunch of people were signing this petition and do something about it. And I was like, no, dude, like keep going, keep talking about it. Like, see what we can, you know, let's see what we can do here. And um, I ended up putting through a ticket at Twitch. And I guess a bunch of other people did too. And the petition went from about, you know, 14, 1500 signatures to now it has over. 4,000 signatures, um, even though it's already over, like Pride Month's already over. And uh, the update from this past week was um, Twitch actually has decided to allow people to continue to use the Pride emotes, and they are now um, permanently available. Um, they were also able to reach their goal of $1,500, which they um, don't, or which they gather through people um, bit, posting bits cheering bits uh -huh. on uh, Twitch. And that was donated to the Trevor Project. So, uh, yeah, this is um, a really cool story. And I'm glad to hear that someone was able to actually, you know, make a difference and have them, you know, change their policy and have something really cool available for people now. I hate to be that shit, but it's like real low effort. It's, it's like <laughs> super low effort. It's super low effort. Like... It, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the plan. If any stink was raised, they had the plan already in place to just, okay, just whatever, just make them permanent. It, it's super uh, you know effort. 
I don't care. I get to use my pride wings with my hashtag burn the tree emoji in the middle. <laughs> well, and I mean, Seth now has the most awesome emote chain in the world with the angel corgi god. So, oh yeah, he's got the the uh, pride wings with the corgi with the rainbow confetti. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, and finally, uh, the. Uh, rival companies behind Xbox, PlayStation, and the Nintendo Switch have sent a joint letter to the U.S. government asking to be specifically left out of the tariffs that are currently being proposed. So mm-hmm. interesting that uh, politics, and which we try not to get to get onto get into on the show, um, is driving all three of the major console makers uh, together to uh, push. So that's always interesting to watch. And since yeah. that article was written, the tariffs were placed on hold right now. There, so that shouldn't be an issue. But it's we need to look at it like strictly from the video game aspect of it, and that's always crazy. But it seems like it seems like the console makers are acting a little bit more in concert these days, which is always fascinating to watch. Yeah. I mean, an extra twenty five percent on a system that they're probably thinking of retailing at three or four hundred dollars for the which next generation. Loss. It's a loss it's for them. It's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. And people just won't buy it. Well, I mean, the, 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 the systems are, the, the game systems are not where you make your money. That's in software. It, it's your mm-hmm. games is where you make the money. Games and peripherals. Selling a, a console, you're operating at a loss at the start anyway. So, yep. Because gamers don't want to see things actually cost what they should cost based on <laughs> inflation. I mean, we've touched yeah. on this before. Um, it's like freaking a triple A AAA game these days should go to 120 to 140 bucks. And it's still 60, which is basically the same price it was back in 1995, which is insane. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to go ahead and jump out of that. Thank you all for listening to the news with us. Thank you for watching ACTC. Um, and we're going to go ahead and jump down into some questions about Mr. Carey. Um, so as we mentioned before, Mr. Carey, uh, again, it is wonderful to have you here with us, sir. Um, we've got uh, some questions we were going to ask you. Um, and I'd like to start off with some stuff about you specifically, if that's okay with you. That is perfectly fine. So uh, we, the, the, the four of us, Chris, Kevin, Neth, and myself, we all kind of sat down and we all kind of tried to figure out what we wanted to talk about with you. And we, we actually kind of dug kind of, we actually got kind of heavy onto the personal. So we wanted to figure out who you are specifically. So kind of what, what got you started into gaming? What's, what's, what's the thing that got you into this? It's funny too. Like with gaming, with me, it was kind of an accident because I'm pretty sure that my family didn't intend on me like getting as hardcore as I was. My grandfather had an old Pong machine that was still operational. Um, so he was just like, come and play this with me. And since we were living in Louisiana, there wasn't a lot of electricity available where we were. So um, the times that we actually got together and played Pong were when we had fuel for the generator to work the Pong machine, which is uh-huh. kind of an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um but beyond that, uh, getting into the Atari um, and having like a lot of play there, and it, it wasn't until uh, my family moved to California that I really got pretty deep into it. And it was mostly the arcade scene for the most part. There was a corner store that had 
a Pac-Man machine, a Street Fighter machine, and I want to say it was Bubble Bubble, I think. And I would literally say my, my lunch every day was only 50 cents. My mom would give me a dollar, so I spent the other two quarters on gaming. Um, and that just sounds like a Southern thing then to me, because that's kind of the same way that I grew up. I, I'm, I'm from Texas, of course. Um, and yeah, that was very much, it's like, oh, hey, you're out of school. Okay. Um, whatever you have left, you need to stay at the store for a while before we can come pick you up or something like that. And it's like, oh, hey, they've got a SNK six game machine here with Samurai Showdown and Ace Fighters and stuff yeah. like that. Okay. I'm just going to start chunking quarters into this thing, save my money exactly. up for a couple of days kind yep. of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that that that's very similar to my background, so it's just like it touches me on my heart just a little bit. Just a Lot, little bit. lots of pitfall deaths, lots of oh, yeah. up that cold dead heart. Yep, warms up that cold dead blackened heart just a shade, just a shade. <laughs> um, so you said that uh, you grew up in Louisiana and then you went to California, right? Uh, yep. So why why did y'all go to California? Um, I think it was for. It was for purposes for work. Uh, my dad was a pharmacy tech and my mom wanted to be a nurse um, out in okay. a state where her certification would matter not to throw shade at Louisiana. But yeah, <laughs> nope, nope. I understand completely. It's like if you get your nursing license in Louisiana, they would basically make you retake all the schooling that you got for it in either Florida, New York or California, I think were the three states. So she just decided, Let, let's move to California. I'll get my degree out there. And that's what happened. I mean, that because that I, as somebody who's never lived in California, but has spent time there uh, and not insignificant amount of time in the past, it's, it's a massive cultural shift, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, um, we, like, well, I, how I, old were you? I was eight. I want to say. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the the place where we were living had a lot of uh, Eastern folks that were living there, lots of uh, Thai and Vietnamese and lots of Chinese folks, just people that I hadn't seen before. So, like, it was it was weird for me to hear a language that wasn't English or bits of Cajun that were being spoken on the regular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, it's, it's just really interesting because it's like, I, I understand how that goes completely. I've, I've done the thing where I've spent extended periods of time in other areas, and it's always just such a culture shock heading out of the South yeah. and going anywhere else. Um, I, I mean, I don't really view, I don't really view like the Northwest Gulf Coast really too deeply as the South, just because it's kind of, it's it's the Gulf Coast. It's its own little in, ecosystem. It's, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. Definitely. It's very, it's it's different while still being kind of there in a way yeah it's the, it's it's kind of did we lose gaff i remember that being just so weird did we lose yeah texas for the first time i think we lost you there for a minute bud okay i was what oh yep there it goes and he's gone Okay, so I'm just going to go into the next question because we're having technical difficulties again. Um, so, Kara, other than WoW, what Blizzard-specific games are you currently playing? Um, the ones that I do dabble in the most, definitely Overwatch. Um, I love me some Lucio. Lucio is my main. Um, I play nothing but support uh, just because it... 
helps you kind of control the tempo of how the game is going. I kind of feel that with MOBAs too, for the most part. Um, I've been dabbling a little bit with Baptiste. I do like Mercy, but I think she's very one-dimensional as far as her playstyle goes, compared to like Lucio or um, even like Ana, who can be way more offensive than Mercy can be, or at least has more uh, more offensive uh, capabilities. Uh, before Overwatch um, kind of came out, I was more uh, trying to ladder in StarCraft II horribly. Um, I think I made it to Diamond uh, with uh, Cannon Rushes um, as Protoss, so that wasn't too bad. I think you've done better than any of us in StarCraft II, so... <laughs> I've never played StarCraft 2, so he's definitely done better than me. There were um, there were a lot of obstacles I had to kind of get over with that, uh, mostly just because uh, my hands are really big, and I learned how to type in a really unconventional manner. So me having to use macros just opened my world, and that's what kind of was the push for me to go from bronze to silver to diamond, especially um, like around the time that Wings had come out, and I haven't played comp since then. Just because World of Warcraft and other things have taken my time. I, I just, I just, you're talking about Overwatch. You, you literally play the characters I play and love. All yeah. I do in that game is support. Karen? Yeah. What's up? I'm going to point out you missed one game that I know you play the shit out of every time a new season comes out. Oh, yeah, D3. There you go. <laughs> uh, currently, I know this because I play with you, so... right. Um, it, it, it's funny too because th- there'll be times where I'm going ham for like a week and a half, and then I just drop the game because I've done everything already. I like I've completed the seasonal journey. Well, that's what we did this season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, um, me and Renee were able to actually push to. I think Renee is like in the 1100 paragons. I stopped at like eight ten or something like that. But, um. I actually got to play every flavor of Demon Hunter this season, which was nice. Nice. What um, flavors do Demon Hunters come in? Um, salty, sweet, savory. <laughs> so many flavors of Demon Hunter. Oh god, um, I'm fucking alive. Okay, hi. There we go. Hi. He's back. Welcome back. That was a pain in my goddamn ass. So outside of the Blizzard IPs, are you currently playing or excited for any games that are coming? And I know you're excited um, for the remake of Seven. Yeah, yeah. So, as a pretty large Final Fantasy fan, I actually broke the chair that I'm sitting in right now when the remake trailer came out for E3. Um, <laughs> I, I like, I can't even feign my excitement for that game. It's like it. They were silent for four years after that initial trailer. And I was, I had actually just exercised the game from my mind because I was like, okay, this game probably exists. We're probably not going to hear about it till 2020 or when it's close to launching. And then um, when the PlayStation State of Play, I think it was what it was back in May, had had that menu selection sound at the start, I was just like, wait, don't play with my soul like that. I don't, I don't like that. Don't do it. Um, Crazy stuff, but as far as non-Final Fantasy titles, uh, Street Fighter Six or whatever the ilk is going to be that gets announced at Evo this year. Um, I'm a huge guy. Uh, like as far as platformers go, uh, Devil May Cry, Monster Hunter, Iceborne is actually something that I'm really waiting for right now as well. 
I realize that it's very Diablo-esque. It's just kill monsters, get loot, and that sort of thing. But that's just kind of what I'm... I, I love those kinds of games. Like, you know, uh, not a loot shooter, per se, because I really like Borderlands, but um, loot shooters that are high fantasy. So things of that ilk. Monster Hunter, um, whatever from software's next game is called, and the name is escaping me. El- Elden, um, Elden Lied? I think? Elden Ring. Ring. Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Thank you. All yeah. right, yeah. Elden Ring. working out with Martin. Yes, that. That one I'm super hyped for, even though all um, we saw was a cinematic trailer. From Software can talk to me again when they announce the next Armored Core. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. They can talk to me when the next Armored Core is announced. Until then, they can fuck right off. Uh, how it's there. So I know you said before that you haven't played competitive in Overwatch for a couple of seasons now. Um, mm-hmm. But do you play any other esports? Um, used to play a lot of Street Fighter. Um, used to play a lot of Guilty Gear uh, back when YouTube was first getting really big. Oh, like back I in- got to interrupt for one second because Adam just pointed out something really important for you. You forgot a very mm-hmm. important game that I know you're hyped for. Look at the chat on, the tw- on Twitch. Oh, yes. I'm always hyped for Sonic. I just don't know you what's coming all... out. I just don't know what's coming out next. Or are you just talking about like currently like playing or basically? Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I Sonic Mania is kind of my like my jam and it's the game that I always default back to when I'm like not really looking to have like a okay. high so what's up? Carrie is so into Sonic, he legitimately has a Sonic onesie, which is awesome. <laughs> Oh no! They, they mentioned <laughs> that the onesie. Is adorable. See, I'd have to go in my bedroom and dig at the back of my closet. I know where it is, but that's that's going to be one of those things that everybody's going to have to demand that if I'm going to go and get it. But anyway, um, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, pretty huge into that. I have a lot of that paraphernalia over in that direction, not so much behind me. I don't traditionally play a lot of nintendo titles but that has changed with the switch because those games are insanely good um okay so back to esports what um Mm -hmm. do you do you do do any competitions or anything like that no longer um not because of one just because of time uh when i was playing games pretty competitively as far as like an esports approach um i would just kind of devote my entire um, being into that game uh, right now that bandwidth is mostly being taken up by World of Warcraft Street Fighter um, and Smash Ultimate um, and actually, that's actually the next game I plan on really going ham into and I've actually reduced the amount of time that I play World of Warcraft for um, just trying to get better at because Smash Ultimate, the community around it um, the characters, I play Cloud Strife, big spoiler there um, it's just been a nice breath of fresh air. It reminds me of how the fighting game community used to be uh, back before esports kind of got huge, like the whole grassroots thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really it's not really there anymore. Like it's like little little bits of it are there still, but not not so it's much advertised. A lot of it is. A lot of it is. And I and I understand like you need that for growth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, on that note, uh, Smash, part of the FGC or not? Yes. 
Um, I feel like there's a butt there. All right. There is a butt. Uh, uh-huh. That's what I was going for. The, the, the problem is, is that it, it doesn't fit the traditional mold of a fighting game. It's like if you were to... Like, you can obviously go into a training mode in Guilty Gear or Garo Densetsu or any game like that and just kind of learn the lay of the land, learn combos, learn combo structure. You can learn your neutral just by playing folks uh, or even just by playing against the AI in some cases. Uh, for some games that have smarter AI, like Guilty Gear, any Arc System Works game for the most part. Uh, don't mention the AI and Guilty Gear. <laughs> God. Oh uh, yeah, it, mm, it's uh, it, yeah. It, it, I've, got the, I've got the look of a person who's gotten his ass kicked by Biken on many occasions by the computer. So, the computer, the AI, in most Arc System Works games is meant to take your quarters if you play it yeah. in arcades. So it's it, mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to be pretty pretty lit. Um, but as far as Smash and the FGC, I do think they have their own little niche. Every game has their own little niche, but for the most part, I would definitely say. It's definitely over here where you have all the other games over here. It's like, hey, yeah, come join us for a drink. But then you can go back to your corner after you're done. I just I really wanted to get your hot take on the big issue in both the Smash and the FGC (laughs) uh, communities, which where does Smash actually fit? And you've just given me a perfect one. And I appreciate that. Yeah, it's um, like I love Smash. I respect it for what it is. Uh especially now that I'm going to be playing it competitively. It just, it still feels weird to play and still feels weird to be part of that community, but it feels more grassroots than most of the other games that I've played in like the last 10 years, which is an interesting place to be. So you're, 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 you're talking about the FGC and you're talking about playing competitively. Um, I'm going to take a wild stab here because I, I, I mentioned earlier that we're about the same age. I'm going to guess Street Fighter 2 into Tekken Tag? Street Fighter 2 into King of Fighters 8. Into, AOF 8 was fantastic. Yes. It was fantastic. Yes, it was fantastic. Uh, into the first Tekken, and then from the first Tekken into Guilty Gear, and then from Guilty Gear into... I want to say Bushido Blade? Like arena-style oh, fighters? Bushido Blade, Jesus. Mm-hmm. PS1-era launch game. Fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with limb-based combat system oh man it was yeah. it was hilarious like if you killed somebody without honor or without honor or you couldn't get the true ending for the game exactly yep i remember i remember playing that with my brother we, we would sit down and play that on uh on, on the playstation i think it's yep. still i have that somewhere in in I, the house me and my brother would go back and forth on that game it started many fights oh yeah like, no that started a lot of fights between metro brother and i too don't no don't worry there was a lot of fights that went on because of that so you've obviously got a a fairly standard trajectory through the the competitive fighting scene uh you know as a player um within the genres within the various titles in the genre what 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 do you still go back to at the end of the day um my probably my my favorite the one that i always default back to is street fighter third strike it's Fantastic game. It is probably my favorite fighting game of all time. Um, it is probably the most busted fighting game at a high level. In fact, it's kind of boring to watch at a super high level. But it's that like, like if you were to put it on like the StarCraft ladder, I love watching like silver to gold ish. I hate watching diamond and master. 
Because it's all the same thing. It's, exactly. it's literally the exact same combos, the exact same plays. Yeah. Um, so on, on just to just kind of jump aside real quick. Oh, yeah. um, so we've talked a little bit about the FGC and about the fighting game community. For those of you who don't know what the acronym stands for, we've talked a little bit about the FGC. You know, does does anything that you are familiar with or anything you do within the FGC within competitive fighting games, does that anything you do translate into QA, which is you know, what you do over at Blizzard? You know, it's funny that you asked that too, because I, a lot of what I have kind of learned from the community, knowledge sharing, um, kind, uh, knowledge sharing is probably the biggest one, honestly, because when I learn something or when somebody else has learned something else, I'm going to ask a lot of questions or tell people to ask me questions if you want to know how to do a certain thing. Um, I don't like hiding tech. I don't like um, hiding techniques. I don't like um, hiding search methods, things like that. Basically things that just make you an overall better player, better person, um, have a different philosophy than mine and a different kind of take on how you do certain processes and workflows. Because that, what, what that's going to do is when you expose people to that, they might be like, oh, no, I like that a little bit. I'm going to take that and I'm going to go ahead and integrate that into what I do. Like it feels really good to actually see um, people learning from one another, like the camaraderie, I guess, is the big mm -hmm. thing that I get from the FGC, uh, what I've kind of taken from that. Um, reflexes, because playing fighting games is uh, nice that, for that. Yep. That fast twitch reaction. Yep. Helps a lot in um, just any sort of uh, play that we have to do for QA tasks. Uh, so I, I, I'll mention to the to the three people here that don't really involve themselves in the fighting game community. Right. Um, the the reflexes that are necessary, we're talking single frames, like two, three frames in some cases. We're talking like frame perfect. That's fractions of a second. Oh, you've told so us about I, that before. We're just sitting here I listening have. to this bromance build up. We're good. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Sir, I have a bromance with everyone. I, I'm a genuinely <laughs> nice person. I mean, that's a lie. Yeah, it's a total fucking lie. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess we've kind of gone over, you know, sort of what, what, what you've specifically done within the FGC and right. sort of how that relates to your job. Um, is there any further you can go into what you do at Blizzard uh, as a QA analyst? Um, I would like definitely... Like current role specifically sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what we typically do, we're the professional problem solvers. I mean, there's a lot of like edge cases that, you know, you guys had mentioned earlier. Um, we unfortunately are not thousands of, or hundreds of thousands of people that actually touch the game on a regular basis. So whenever you guys find something that is kind of out of bounds or clearly something that shouldn't be in the game, um, those reports help us solve those problems. Whenever there's any sort of issue that's making the game unplayable, um, especially from uh, like, I, I know one thing that was a huge source of contention uh, back in the days of Tanan Jungle was people not being able to click on this, um, the, what was it? The Was it the, the pile of, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, was back, it was back during uh, Warlords of Draenor. It was that telescope, wasn't it? Yes. Oh yes, yes the telescope. I was sit I was thinking it was the gunpowder. Yeah, we, I remember the gunpowder having issues too. We we yeah, the gunpowder had issues too, but um for the most part any sort of thing that made you phase and not being able to press it after another player for an indeterminate amount of time 
like you guys actually helped us find that sort of stuff. So a, a lot of your job is then taking in uh, the various uh, the various bug reports and things that are and creating the reproducibility, digging Correct. for the reproducibility on it. Yes. Okay. Sometimes we have very helpful notes, like people who will send in, you know, uh, screenshots, because obviously that's part of uh, the bug submittal process, if you guys can do that, suggestions. Um, and we also go ahead and, you know, uh, make sure that those are addressed in a pretty quick manner, I would definitely say. I do my best to get on stuff as fast as I can. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we, we've talked a little bit about the FGC. We've talked a little bit about what you specifically do at Blizzard in that regard. How long have you been with Blizzard? Um, accumulated uh, six months. <laughs> six months. Okay. Six okay. Months. So this is this is a recent thing for you then. Very much so. I've been trying to get into Blizzard since two thousand nine. Oh, okay, um, so this is this is this is a dream thing. Okay. Very much so. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> uh, so what what were you doing before uh blizzard um i was actually an inventory management specialist for lexus of riverside um before okay. this and then i worked as a transport specialist before that for toyota okay okay all right all right all right all right i get what you're going there i get what you're going there um so with with that you know you you, you you're coming from a sort of like a retail like a retail service sales kind of background from what I can um, tell. I, I do come from a sales and service background. Uh, some of my first jobs were uh, management at GameStop. I was also a, a women's shoe salesman at Nordstrom for a little while. Um, I like working with people, but uh, in the auto industry, with my specific work, you actually didn't work with people a lot. You worked with a lot of vendors. Uh, you worked with um, a lot of spreadsheets <laughs> and a lot of managers that didn't really want to hear that um, something was going to be delayed because of weather reasons or et cetera. Most of the, of, of the time, um, my job, especially so at Lexus, kind of was getting parts um, to places where they needed to be in a certain amount of time. And that was kind of give or take only going to be difficult if the person on the other end of the line wasn't going to be complicit with what I had to say. Mm -hmm. uh, so so you, you dealt with logistics side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally understand logistics. So. Oh, I still connected. Say Good that I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a retail manager. Yeah. You're what, what's going on now? What's you, happening? You cut out depth again. Wonderful. You're back though. Am You're I, good. I'm right. coming in clear. Okay. Okay. So you worked in the you, you've worked in logistics and mm. you've done retail. You've done a little bit of everything. So I, I'm a retail manager myself. Oh, I, nice. I'm, excellent. I'm, I'm a I'm a retail manager. I I, I run a team of twenty. So I, I I oh hey. So say that. So say that I I'm I go okay. I need to. I, I, I'm, I'm done with retail. I want to get out. Like, what kind of advice would you have for me if I decided, well, obviously getting into QA or working at Blizzard is the next thing on my list. What kind of advice would you have for me for there? I would definitely say if you're a player that dabbles in a lot of content, I would certainly say it is very helpful to get on the PTR. Um, I actually am... 
they, they pulled this up during my interview and I can actually totally say this. Uh, I've been a part of every single beta Sans Wrath of the Lich King. Um, that one, I don't know why I didn't get in, but I didn't. I've submitted over 2,200 individual player reports for literally almost every single issue. Um, I tested pet battling, uh, keystones, most of that, most of the content that people do in the game now. Um, I would definitely say get in there, try and be objective about how you present feedback. A lot of people give into the echo chamber and don't really see things for what they are sometimes. Um, not to say any or any levy any sort of slide against anybody, but, no, we, all, but we all know the internet. We, we, uh, it's part of the problem is that you're giving a subjective rather than an objective opinion. Correct. Things. And it's like you need to always make sure that you stay objective about what you're doing. Correct. That is not an easy thing for some people to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to stay uh, objective. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's, I'm very, I can be very subjective when I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thank you for that. I, it's uh, it's it, it's a lot of interesting things, and it's like QA. And I know a lot of people view QA as sort of like a stepping stone position too. So uh, it very much is. It very much gets your foot into the door and gets you uh, involved. And even if you just stay as QA for the rest, for as long as you're there you're still contributing and you're still doing something really important for a game, even if you might not get all of the recognition for it. I Um, am tremendously, I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about like just the, the, the the journey here. And like, I am just tremendously happy to be where I am right now. Well, that's wonderful to hear. Um, So you're at blizzard now. What if, 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 uh, Brack or someone else came up to you right now and said, okay, what project do you want to be on? Oh, God. Um, let's do Heroes of the Storm, but a fighting game. All right. All right. That's an interesting one. That is uh, a interesting one, definitely. There's um, there, there's a lot of cross-pollination there because I, I view Heroes of the Storm as kind of a celebration of what Blizzard has accomplished over the past 25 years. And like, as far as like a character development sort of approach, um, you know, Sans characters like Orphea who are completely original. Yeah. Um, but I think if you were to put like an arc system worky or um, even like SNK as mm-hmm. like a co-developer on a game like that would be fantastic. Let's not make it an arena brawler like Pokemon, like Pokken or the Kill a Kill game. Let's let's mm-hmm. make it like a straight up two D. Fighting game, maybe teamish, kind of like Marvel Three or Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, the, ch- the chat channel seems to love this plan. Uh, Mal says, "I'd play the shit out of that." Fear my Lily. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think Carrie just developed a pitch that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I could definitely see like uh, the three v three S and K games, uh, like the, the the team, like the team games. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I could definitely, definitely see that. Um, don't make my heart race like that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the, like I would love to see like a King of Fighters. So I think that would be fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah, that's absolutely insane. That's I I fucking love that. Um, it it sounds a lot like the. That's just crazy. I do love that. Um, so we've talked about your dream project. We've talked about what you do. We've talked about where you came from and what you did. So 
let's talk a little bit about WoW specifically. Right. Um, so how long? So you said you've been in part of the betas since Wrath. How yeah. long have you been playing? I have been playing for fourteen years. Okay, so you're 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 almost at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. okay. um, let me guess. End the end of uh, classic cycle. Yes. So you and I are pretty close to the same time frame then. Yeah. Okay. Gavril, okay. notice how he didn't say he was a vanilla player and I, didn't I, gloat about vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. I don't gloat about vanilla. I gloat about classic, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the vocabulary for that has changed, Kevin. Keep up. Uh, and I never, I never gloated about vanilla. I, I always hated the term vanilla. Uh, for I was gonna say well. because it's like clearly chocolate is better. Hot take, <laughs> hot take, hot takes are here. I I prefer Neapolitan myself personally. Thank you. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'll take a Neapolitan, wow. sir. I'll take a Neapolitan. Ice cream downstairs, ready to go. Wait, what? Sherbet? Yeah, sorbet, sherbet, sherbet, sherbet. We're American. It's sherbet to us. Wow. Okay. Well, I understood you, Neff. Thank you. You learn something <laughs> new about Canada every day. Thank you for speaking uh, actual no, English. They curse. just know how to speak English. Exactly. <laughs> Screw sure. all of you all. I am trying to have a hard hitting sure. interview here. God damn it. It is the best. You guys brought up ice cream and now I want ice cream. <laughs> I have cookie dough ice cream in the freezer and I'm going to have oh, it. It's, I have Rocky Road, the real. but keto does not allow for that. So. <laughs> this is completely off the rails at this point. It's okay. Um, I mean, I, I'm just saying that whenever Chris and Gav talk about, you know, how long they've played WoW, it's always like, we played since Classic, and we played since launch. I was in the beta. You know, and it's like, ugh, get over yourself. Well, we're sorry for explaining to you the time that we were playing. Uh, I, I, think, I, I think that... Uh, to be diplomatic here for just a moment, I believe that our impressions, Chris, you and mine, for being longtime veteran players, have just the same amount of uh, just the same amount of weight as Kevin does as a newer player. I would agree. Yep. And again, really creepy when you're nice. Jesus. I try my best. Thank you very much. Um, I think all points of views uh, are important. even creepier when he's nice to Kevin. Yeah. And, and yeah, I do, I do think I, I think and just just to bring this out there, and it's something that we that we don't really cover all that often, but it's like very specifically, yeah, everybody's opinion is just as valid as anybody else's. Kevin uh, started in Wad, right, Kevin? Mm -hmm. Wad, baby. Yeah. Kevin started in Wad. His opinion is just as valid as mine is. I started uh, mid late. I want to say it was. I want to say it was patch one point nine, one point ten. I think when if I started, you like look at um, like my guild's dynamic, I think everyone there is starting in different expansions. We've got I think the only expansion that doesn't have new players is Warlords. Every other expansion has new players from that expansion. And all their opinions matter. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um so with, with fantastic hug we've had right here, folks. Let's just uh, just hug it on out. We're all good. Just just Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, God, this is my dance space. That's your dance space. Get the hell out of my dance space. So, um, we're talking a little bit about WoW with you. Um, so you've been playing for quite a while. Yes. Been playing for a good long time. Um, 
Uh, main. Uh, shaman. Enhancement. Oh, you're a goddamn horde. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Uh, you useless bastard. What a horde! You I, useless um, son of a bitch. I was... Get off my goddamn show! He's only recently gone horde! Correct. Well, I started as horde, and that's an interesting story all in in itself, but... Um, I've been Alliance for, I want to say since the beginning of BC. Um, I, yeah. Um, when I was able to be a Draenei Shaman, cause I saw blue goat people, I was like, let's go. And then like, let's go. Okay. So, Draenei, Draenei best race. Uh, that's okay. Absolutely. Right. Draenei best race. Uh, I, I, I love being a fridge. I fridge? love a fridge that the male drain are affectionately known as fridges. Oh, I see. Okay. Built like brick shit houses. Right. No, they're huge. <laughs> they are huge like Xbox. It's okay. Ekbak. Um, Ekbak. Anyways, uh, if I'm aligned, they're always dry nice. They're the best. Yeah. Um, so we, I got just a couple, just a couple more personal questions and we got a couple more questions that we'd like to ask yeah. you specifically about what you do um, with work. Um, so we're talking about, wow, what is your favorite rating counter? In all time, of all time, hands down, Ooh. right now. Tell Ooh. me. Um. Okay. Tell me I'm, what I want to know. Is this I, just like in history or like current modern WoW? Like, what is like? Ever. What is this? Ever. 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 Dang. Okay. Ever. Fight mm. ever. Got fifteen years to condense into one fight. I'm gonna say. Probably Laishen. That's a good one. Laishen was probably like the pacing, the RP, the difficulty. I think my guild had close to 400 wipes on that boss at the time. Uh, It was just, but the thing is, the wipes didn't feel bad, horrible. Like it it wasn't like wiping on Professor Putricide, for example, where you were only going to wipe in phase four. Like, Mm The, like there was tension the entire encounter, and I love fights like that. And I think it is like the epitome of what our pacing should be like, <laughs> in my own opinion. In your That's, personal opinion, as an individual, carry. Yes, I I, I love Lation. I love everything about that fight. And in fact, I just love Throne of Thunder in general. And it's the raid that I did the least of, which makes me sad. Throne of Thunder was a fantastic raid tier. Yeah. I quit playing after I was like, after I did Heroic Heart of Fear in Mob. You messed Throne? Oh. Oh, man. Heart, oh. Of Heart of Fear was another really fun but very hard instance. Yes. Uh, Wind Dude was a pain in the ass on Heroic. Uh, Windy Boy, uh, he was a pain in the ass. And Sheikzir was, Sheikzir was a really fun fight. It was, just a, it was just a really fun fight. You, you guys are going to have to educate me. What what about this fight, Carrie? Did you like? Because I don't know the fight at all. On uh, Lation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so essentially there were parts uh, like the fight. The fight actually itself had two intermissions that required you to do like other mechanics that didn't involve just hitting uh, a sack of life points. Basically, you had to execute correctly. Um, otherwise you would just get run over by ads that would spawn. Um, the RP also kind of made that fight a little bit too, because you had been basically groomed to 
knowing who Lei Shen was via the Isle of Thunder and the stuff that was going on in the Vale with the Mogu, and then being brought back to life by the Zandalari. So some of it was um, aesthetic. A lot of it was like just, uh, what am I calling this? Um, like some kind of bombasticness of the actual encounter, the visuals, um, the way that sound design worked, because there was a lot of thunder and lightning and just moving parts because it was a gigantic titan machine that you were fighting on top of that was just fantastic and the boss fight itself um i was just an elemental shaman at the time but i know that uh, one of my best friends uh snack pack was tanking on that fight and he was hating his life for like five weeks <laughs> while we were trying to kill him very I, quickly here's the best thing i've got mm -hmm. wow music playing in the background uh, guess what sound just guess what song just came on while we're talking about Lei Shen? I'm curious, which one? Thunder King. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I like it. It's shuffled. Like it. So that is awesome. I think it's really interesting because Mop had a lot of really fun tank encounters. You mentioned your tank friend. And mm -hmm. Mop had a lot of really challenging, fun tank encounters. And they did. I remember that. I remember I remember hating because I had just joined a hardcore progression guild because uh, my guild had died going into mob mm. and i joined a, i the the big hardcore progression guild from horde side transferred alliance because there was no no real good guilds left on alliance oh, wow. so and i because they were going for server firsts and you know things like that right. um and they wanted less challenge and they also wanted to do boost runs and things like make gold for the guild bank and things like that for so yep uh, and so I came in as the main tank, actually, oh, which was really weird because their main tank was going to school or something. Oh, and then there's a whole story related to that where he decided he wasn't going to go to school and he was just going to stay at home and no life. Wow. Um, and then I ended up having to go Rhett and I hated Rhett and I quit. So that's oh. part of the reason why I quit during that expansion. Um, Paladins during MOP were Paladins. Paladins. <laughs> They were okay. They did great damage if you had the right weapon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you had Elegon's weapon, you were fine. Oh yeah, totally you were pretty fine. lit. Yeah, I had Elegon's weapon. I had Elegon's weapon in heroic as off spec Red, and I quit. And I was just like, nope, I don't like Red. I like to <laughs> oh, tank. Goodness. I like to punch things in the face and make things punch me. Um, so. We're, we're talking about expansions. We've talked a little bit about expansions and things like that. Um, like Blizzard is really known for doing things special, uh, special each expansion. Uh, there's always something interesting. Like uh, you had Timeless Isle in Mop, and you had uh, Deathwing attacks and everything else back in Cataclysm. You had right. um, you, you've had the invasion events recently and things like that. What are like those expansion specific features has just like really spoken to you? Uh, for me, was definitely the invasions during Legion. I loved literally going all over Azeroth and having to address the Legion wherever the heck they were. The fact that they were like, um, I want to say it was it was at least a dozen different actual encounters and bosses that you had to fight against. That's a quick clarification. Of what do you mean the? pre-expansion in legion yeah the pre-expansion um going from what into legion yeah okay you mean Both how i leveled my alts oh, actually that was next question <laughs> that yeah. was 
<laughs> that was actually the next question I was going to ask you was like the pre-patch events. Blizzard's also really mm -hmm. known for those. Which one did you that, talk about specifically there? Legion became my favorite, but up until that point, it was the zombie invasion going into Wrath of the Lich. Everyone says zombie. Everyone yeah. plays zombie was, invasion. I, I, I can't. I, you know, that's the thing. Like, it's everybody says it for a reason, right? It's, it's just the most memorable one for me. I remember um, logging in and just being super, super frustrated, but in a good way. It was like, oh, yeah. I died again. Oh, gosh. I, my favorite, and I will just say this real quick, was the Dark Portal, leading into the Dark Portal for BC. Yeah, that was yeah with Kazakh and the whole army, yeah. and then going in and fighting, That, that's it, hands down. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't beat that. I really can't. enjoyed that one, too. That was Thank a fantastic you, event. Um, I have my Argent Dawn Tavern still, my uh, my heroic one that makes me flex and explode. Here's the thing, Neth. I would agree with you, AQ Gong, if I could actually play. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's, that's what fair. I heard too. I didn't get to actually play it. <laughs> but I mean, that's part of what I remember being so funny about it was how much the servers took a shit. I remember wondering why do i need to give this guy all of my mage weave why, why does this guy need all of my mage weave cloth and my linen and then i realized oh crap i just donated to the war effort i'm never gonna see that silver again <laughs> see and the funny thing was for me i was working two jobs at the time and going to school so there was no way i was gonna be able to participate in it but i watched plenty of videos um on i think it was e-bombs world Back in the day, because YouTube did Oh, God. Oh, God. Elon's oh, world. Thing yet, yet, yeah, I should say. So, yeah, I remember watching a lot of videos on that. Jesus Christ. Oh, those are some, that's some, that's some flash from the past stuff. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, we've talked a little bit about you specifically and the sort of things that you're looking at, the sort of things that you've done. Um, so let's talk a little bit, just a little bit more about some of the WoW stuff. Um, I know we're starting to run a little short on time at the moment. Um, so things related to your job, things related to WoW, things of that nature. Um, so as a, so this is, this is coming out a little bit after 8.2, right. but which of the 8.2 features in the lead up to it were you the most excited about, like us getting a chance to play with? Mechagon. Mechagon as a feature um the like just literally the questing experience um it's it's been kind of an insane thing because i didn't know how it was going to pan out when it went live but people are being the nicest they've ever been in a long time and i say that as a player of the game as a denizen of the internet there are people who are just generally not the most savory types the worst um, but there has been such an amazingly positive community response to Mechagon just based on um, geography, how systems work. It's just been really, really, really cool to see, honestly. That is fantastic. I love to hear that, um, that you all are, or that the, the community has been so positive yeah. about it. It's, it's wonderful to hear. Um, so uh, I've got another sort of like, tangential wow sort of question and then i might have like a question or two left for you for okay. qa uh and then i think we're gonna be done at the end of that guys what do you think a couple yeah. more questions and then we should call it okay um so eternal palace you're are you, are you much of a raider i am i just don't have the time for it now okay um eternal palace favorite fight 
uh, Blackwater Behemoth. Uh, for those of you who have uh, are still playing WoW, um, it, uh, explanations? Um, so basically, gigantic eel. Okay. In an underwater cave. Okay. Yeah. It is hilarious um as far as like the actual encounter goes people were saying on the ptr was oh underwater fight ah but you get in there and it's actually not offensive um i really like uh the actual space that the encounter takes place in it's very much a fight for its visuals rather than mechanics it's it's very much a hey this thing is happening and address it. It's nothing that's really too hard unless you're not used to operating within a 3D space, kind of like the Alakir fight back in mm-hmm. uh, Cataclysm. Uh, very similar to that. Uh, but, but, but it's far more lineated than Alakir. Which, where, where in the dungeon is that? Is that second, third? It is boss two or three, depending on where you go. Okay. See, the funny thing is, is like Vajir and uh, Alakir and fights like that never really bothered me because I, and, and in zones like that, it never really bothered me because I played a lot of Armored Core. I played a lot of Ace Combat. I played a lot of stuff like that where it's like you do have to consider a three-dimensional space around you. Right. People didn't like that, though. Not I at think all. Um, a lot of the sort of extra mechanics, that, like uh, Jumping Jellies is probably my favorite example of that actually when we put other systems in the game that rely on like platformer knowledge or um uh, the bejeweled game that's that exists uh with uh, the little mini game the world quest yep um or even um the like untangle the lines game that is based off the blinktron experience like i love little games like that um that challenge other things other than your wow experience like learning how to play things within this space is awesome, but using other skills that you've acquired um, outside of that space, I think, is something we're starting to t- touch on a little bit more, at least from what I can see. Um, and I love things like that. And Blackwater Behemoth is definitely a step in that direction. Okay. Um, so the the did you have any sort of Things that you, you you can talk about, obviously, uh, that were really interesting that came out of the QA process in 8.2. Um, not really so much uh, that I could speak on, to be completely honest with you. No, that's totally fair. That's um, totally fair. But a lot of the stuff that um, I was able to touch, you're going to see on Tuesday. So okay, okay. So it's uh, it I would. Uh, just watch some streams, watch Taoli, watch Sloot Bag, watch, um, you know, Muscle Bra, whoever uh, streamer you, you know, you guys have uh, the fancy for. And you'll see a lot of um, the things that I was actually doing while uh, okay. while on the QA process. All right. Well, I think that is a nice, fair question to go ahead and uh, end the day on. Does anybody have any objections? No nope. objections. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mr. Carey, we do two things at the end of our show. Uh, we do have a final thought, and as you may well know, we have a final thought, and then we have to do that or don't do that. Um, do you have a final thought related to uh, the interview that we did today or any of the stuff we talked about beforehand? 
final thoughts are you're all horrible people and you should no no i'm, I'm totally kidding i mean you're all, not wrong i mean you're not wrong <laughs> i expected it it's okay no, you're no. Not, it's not like you're wrong about it oh goodness no you guys have been very hospitable thank you guys for having me here it's been a tremendously nice experience just kind of being somewhere and it's weird talking about myself because i don't do it very often but um it's nice to be recognized for the work that we do um i don't really want to act as like um say a barometer of what the average qa person is for the most part but i am within qa so i guess i, I can't really help that because <laughs> that's it's really nothing real. you can do about it it's your exactly Stop to it. we um, we appreciate you guys playing our game thank you guys so much for being awesome awesome uh kevin final thoughts um i enjoyed listening to the interview <laughs> i apologize <laughs> um but yes carrie thank you for coming on the show today and um being able to give us a little insight into you know who you are and what you do at blizzard uh chris carrie i think you're wonderful thank you for coming honestly you're you're generally fantastic thank you for being here Neth, get no, get no. Oh, warm and fuzzy on the inside. Neth, uh, Kara, thank you very much for agreeing to do this for our hundredth episode. You know I love you, and Kevin, thank you for behaving. Yay! <laughs> I was the one that was. Uh, let's be frank here. I was the one that was a threat of not behaving. I'm going to be completely and utterly honest with you. Um, final thoughts for me. Uh, again, just to kind of piggyback everything that we've said so far. Uh. Thank you so much, Carrie, for coming out to the show and uh, just injure, just having some fun with us. Also, uh, once again, thank you over to the folks over at Blizzard for allowing Carrie to come on and talk to us. And thank you, Neff, Kevin, and Chris for not yelling at me for dominating the uh, interview no, no, portion the of the show. No, no, the plan was for you to dominate the interview portion of the show because you're the you're the better one with the talking. With the talkie. Yeah, see what I just did? You're the better one with the talking. <laughs> well, the talking and, the and it's hard for me to interview someone who's literally been one of my absolute best friends for the past four-ish years. So. All right. So. Time has come, folks. Um, uh, time has come. Do that or don't do that. Uh, Mr. Carey, we're going to come to you last. Neff, you first. All right. Don't be a toxic asshole just because you can. Christopher? Um, be a toxic asshole, because it's fun. <sighs> Let's do that. Let's <laughs> say that with the Blizzard employee on the goddamn show. <laughs> the Blizzard employee knows it's a joke. Yes, I, I hope so. Please we, don't fire us. We, we, we all have a very huge sense of humor. It's okay. Okay. Um, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Um... I don't have anything for this week. That's fair. Um, Mr. Carey, do you have a do that or don't do that for us? I have a do that. Um, the only people that you need to be even with or get even with are those that have helped you in the past. That's some inspirational ass shit That's right there. That's an inspirational quote right yeah, there. Yeah. Inspirational that was all shit deep right shit. What the hell? God damn. That girl kind of blows mine out of the water. I don't want to say mine now. Well, shit. <laughs> Uh, don't eat yellow snow. I don't know now. It's gone out of my head. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good with the words much, you know, I'm saying. I used to have a t-shirt that said that. Yeah, because that's Frank Zappa. Um, so we are into the outro portion of the show. At this point, we are going to give you, Mr. Carey specifically, a little bit of time. If you have anything that you specifically want to plug, do you, if you've got a Twitch or a Twitter or anything that you'd like to talk about, this is your time to do it. Or if you'd just like to plug anything on, on the official Blizzard side of things. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at... I, 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 wow, I almost said my name wrong. Hello. Ivradar, uh, I-V-R-A-E-D-A-R. You can find me at the same place on Instagram. I post a lot of cat uh, pictures there and a lot of inspirational stuff there. Um, I do some work with the Army of Hope every once and again. Um, they are actually an, a, a Hodgkin's Lymphoma Association uh, based out here in the Inland Empire in California. Um, that I've worked with them in the past for some charity events. Um, so I can actually go ahead and link their Twitter when I retweet this post. And I'm actually starting a vlog channel. Um, same username. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash Ivoradar. Um, I'm going to be doing basically what it means to be on keto abridged because there's a lot of information out there that doesn't really break down about what it is or how it works so i kind of want to make it nice and succinct for people are you still going to be doing food buffs care um i'm basically turning food buffs into that cool yeah ketogenesis motherfuckers um yes. ketosis <laughs> um awesome uh did uh your wonderful did your did your wonderful uh people give you tell you anything that the uh, any Twitter or anything for Blizzard that you needed to mention or anything? Oh, uh, they did not. Anything else you need to go through? Uh, not not okay. at all. So, yep. Okay. Just curiosity. But, but huge thanks to the folks upstairs. Uh, I mean, not not literally upstairs, but again, Blizzard for letting me come on the show. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, very, very much thank you for letting him do this. Hugely appreciated. Yep. It was, uh, I had a shitload of fun here today. Uh, I hope everybody else did as well. Um, that is going to be the show for this week. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Azeroth CTC. Mr. Kevin over here is at SwingCat with AK. Mr. Chris is at Akari underscore mag. I, of course, am at Gavril. That's two eyes, one L underscore ET. Ms. Neth over there is at Nethwinch. Carrie, of course, is at Ivrader, I-V-R-A-E-D-E-R. Is that correct, sir? D-A-R. D-A-R. I-V-R-A-E-D-A-R. There we go. Uh, so you can send the emails to the show at feedback at azeroctc.com. We'd love to hear from you, of course. Uh, you can do us live on Saturdays when we do the recording and streaming of the show at twitch.tv slash Akari underscore Meg. For links to today's show, you can visit the website at www.azeroctc.com. CTC.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, however it is that you pour those sweet, sweet sonorous for your own. And uh, say bye, boys and girls. Bye. Bye-bye.